Hello and welcome to the Normal Talk Show. I am Mitchell Kaminsky, back with another week of free money coming up. Uh, winning week from last week. Uh, pretty pretty happy with our picks this week too. Uh, and, and last week the lines were kind of tough. I'm not gonna lie, it was hard to pick three games. This one, there's a there's a couple games that I was eyeing. That I'm feeling, we're, we're feeling pretty good about. So uh, excited to get to that in a little bit. Um, but welcome aboard. We got the Bengals tonight playing the Jaguars. I don't know where the hell they get <laughs> these these matchups from because I mean, like the Thursday night game. You would think the lone like NFL is a popular enough sport where people are gonna tune in regardless. But if it's the lone game on uh, a Thursday night and you're not spreading your base in, you know, people come home from a long day of work, school, whatever, you, you want to watch football. And, like, the game that's on is the the Jags and the Bengals. And then last week it was the Texans and Panthers. It's like, come on. Like, if I'm scheduling the NFL games. If I'm the NFL, I'm thinking, let's, let's put some good matchups on there. So we can cash in on the opportunity that we're the sole show in town right now. Like you're missing a huge opportunity here with all these garbage, these garbage ass matchups. Like even from a PR standpoint, so like I get you're getting by with the, these crap matchups, but I mean, come on now. You like you, the, the like the Belichick Brady one would be a perfect primetime matchup for Thursday night, and I I know like you know it's short week. Or whatever, so like you take, but like, I don't know, it's kind of, it's disheartening. You know, I woke up this morning, and the Sopranos, woke up this morning, got yourself a gun. Now, I woke up this morning, I got myself a gun, <laughs> because I saw it was the Bengals and Jaguars playing tonight. But you know what, it's two young quarterbacks, I'll, I'll still be watching, because hey, you got Trevor Lawrence and Joe Burrow, uh, two exciting quarterbacks, rematch from college, so maybe you sell that aspect i think people forget that trevor lawrence is on the jaguars because of how bad they are but uh what are you gonna do now i will say this i am still excited to watch trevor lawrence play tonight and, and this is why the, the rookie quarterbacks they had a rough rough week last week um they, they didn't go very well justin fields didn't throw a touchdown he was miserable uh, day statistically uh then you got Trevor Lawrence leads the NFL in turnovers right now. Uh, Mac Jones, they he had to throw 51 times. They got slacked by the Saints. Uh, you know, overall, the rookie quarterbacks has been a whole lot of bleh, like Zach Wilson, another miserable day. Now I will say this: everyone is very quick to rush to call all these guys a bust. If you listen to the podcast we just posted last night, which I suggest you do because it is pretty funny. You get a, you get a kick out of it. But, you know, Marshall had a point who was on the podcast. He's like, well, why isn't Justin Fields getting blamed? He played, like, terribly. And then earlier I was having an argument. It's like, oh, Zach Wilson might be the biggest bust in NFL history. It's like, well, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I don't like Zach Wilson either. I'll say it once. I'll say it a thousand times. I think it was a huge mistake to move off Sam Darnold. And it's not that Sam Darnold was a world beater with the Jets either. It's because it is hard to play quarterback in general. Like, in your old high school, there's only one starting quarterback there. It's a tough gig to get. 
it's not easy reading defenses and making reads all while you got, you know, five guys trying to take your head off whose sole purpose is to come grab you and you got to look downfield. You take, you know, all the responsibilities on you. You're in the huddle. You got to memorize all these plays. Yeah, 10 other guys looking up at you and you got to be the, the leader, the field general, all while making a bunch of cool things. Like, it is a hard position. Speaking from experience, I dabbled in a little bit of quarterback here and there. It is a tough position. People don't realize. And the NFL is a whole other level. The advanced schemes that most of these guys don't see in college. Because in college, it's handed to you. You look to the sidelines. They got a little, you know, board up with the Doritos logo and, you know, uh, whoever. Like it's, it's like the Doritos logo and Nike logo and the two guys, the backwards hats are holding it up and then they, they tell you which one to pick. So you like, you don't have to memorize an offense. So it's handed to you. Especially these big schools, you get some cream puff twice during the year. You're usually, when you go to a good school like Alabama or Ohio State, you're playing with the biggest, fastest, strongest people in the country. So, yeah, your, your teams are stacked. You get good coaches. You get to choose where you go. So, and it's still hard playing quarterback for, like, Ohio State or Alabama. But you're choosing the situation you want to go. And you're usually in a pretty good situation, especially if you're in one of these big programs. The NFL is a whole other story. You have no say where you're going to go. You have no control of your situation. You have no control who your help is. You have to memorize an offense most many for the first time ever. Like Tim Tebow, when he gets to the NFL, he had to practice taking snaps under center because he had never taken one. He'd only taken two under center in college, and one of them was to take a knee at the end of the game. That's it. Yeah, he had to teach Tim Tebow how to take a snap from under center. It's a lot of, and then different reads, different offenses, different schemes. So you got to learn all this stuff. And I think people are duped by the fact that you see these guys like Justin Herbert and uh, Patrick Mahomes and even Joe Burrow who come on, they look like world beaters right away. It's like, oh, it's that easy. Why can't all these guys get a hang of it right away? We saw Patrick Mahomes first. Like, no, it's it takes time. Like, you, these guys are allowed a growing period. Like, Tua is the same way. Like, everyone's so quick to trash Tua. And by, like, looking at him, I, do I think he's the answer? No, but, like, I, I think the Dolphins, I, I'd give him another chance. Because he only played one year. You were allowed a grace period to grow in the NFL and get better. Peyton Manning was afforded that. He led the NFL in interceptions his rookie year. Well, guess how it turned out? They stuck with him. He developed. Now look at him. Tom Brady, same thing with the Patriots. He was a world beater when he was starting in New England as a rookie. And he's better today than he is because it takes practice. It takes time to master the NFL game. So this is some young kid out of college. So cut these guys some slack. And look at the situations they're all in, too. Like, Patrick Mahomes is in a perfect situation. Do you know why he fell so far on the drafts? Because at Texas Tech, he didn't have as good of a supporting cast around him. Like, he put up pretty good numbers, but, like, you know, he's not, like, winning a bunch of games. Now, he comes to Kansas City with a great offensive-minded head coach, a phenomenal organization in general, weapons galore, the best catching tight end in football, one of the fastest guys on the planet at receiver, a solid run game, and they just keep bringing in studs. Like, he's great support system right there. Same with Justin Herbert. He's, they, 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 there's some talent surrounding him. The guys that are struggling right now for this rookie class are all in terrible spots. Like, name one guy you're looking at, and it's like, yes, that is a stable situation. Like, Zach Wilson with the Jets had two offensive linemen get hurt during training camp. One of them the best player on the team, Kai Becton. Arguably, most talented football player on that team. He gets hurt, and that's one of his offensive linemen, which he needs help with. He's got no one really to throw to. Like, who, who's the great weapon yet? Le'Veon Bell left. I mean, Jamison Crowder, all right, I guess. 
The defense stinks. They're always getting torched, so he's always being asked to throw because they're always trailing in games, and defenses know what they're going to do, and they're teeing off on him. His running game last week against Denver, they're having 3.3 yards per carry. They had 37 yards rushing. So, like, they can't run the ball. They all know he has to pass. They're teeing, like, the poor kid, like, they're teeing off on him. And his first couple games were against Bill Belichick, who is rookie quarterbacks alive, and then this last one against the Denver Broncos, Vic Fangio, great defensive coordinator, one of the, arguably the best secondary in the NFL, so, like, what the hell did you expect? What the hell did you expect from him? Like, he is set up to fail, so I am not holding that against Zach Wilson. That is not his fault that his numbers are as bad as they are. And I, you know, do I think he's good? Like I said, no. Sam Darnold's better. But he throws a nice football. I mean, like, this is not his fault. There's certain things that just aren't your fault. You shift over to Chicago and Justin Fields. You see him at Ohio State. He's smart. He played well in college. Played well in the preseason, too. Then you throw him into the Wolves all of a sudden against the Cleveland Browns with that shoddy offensive line. A guy, Matt Nagy, who doesn't know how to call plays. He doesn't know how to call plays anywhere. Like, listen to his press conferences. He's like, yeah, we're going to keep it internally. Who's calling plays next game? It's like, why? What strategical advantage does it give the other team? Like, who's calling plays? Or this Bill Lazor or him? Does it really give you that big of an advantage? They stink either way. You know all lines. They're teeing off of them. Nine sacks. Nine. They didn't move him out of the pocket enough. Another time, they couldn't really establish the run. The defense was gassed the entire game, so they had to throw a good majority of it. Like, how he, he was set up to fail. He was set up to fail. So you can't blame that on him. Mac Jones, the same way. They were getting picked apart early. He was asked to throw 51 times. He's a replacement for Tom Brady, basically, the guy after Tom Brady. I, mean, I know there's a gap here between Cam Newton, but he was drafted for the idea, like, hey, you're going to be the next franchise quarterback. That's a lot of pressure. To a team that's used to winning. There's expectations there. Pressure. Your head coach is a defensive-minded head coach, too. And the roster's not very good. There's just not. It's not a good team. He's playing a tough division. So, like, Mac Jones isn't set up for success either. How do you expect him to succeed? Trevor Lawrence, same thing. Jacksonville? They got a couple pieces on that roster, maybe. But you got a guy in Urban Meyer who doesn't really have experience coaching in the NFL. And his judgment seems to be lacking at times. Bringing in Tim Tebow. That, what a circus that was. That's what he was dealing with that. During training camp, the biggest story on the team was a fourth-string tight end that could not block. When got, he didn't even make it out of the preseason. got cut. And then he, the, the offseason, another big story is they hire a, a racist strength and conditioning coach from Iowa, who then they shortly have to fire because they did the thorough background check. And then two days later, when it gets out, all the stuff he did, they're like, oh, yeah, actually, got to fight. So, like, it's complete dysfunction down there. Like, no one's succeeding down in Jacksonville. All these guys are in a terrible spot. And the point being, that's a long winded version of saying it's hard to play quarterback in the NFL as it is in a good situation. Makes it a, little, a lot easier. When you're in a bunch of dumpster fires like this, like, no shot. You got no shot. So, it's sad. I honestly, I feel I feel bad. I feel bad for him. You know who I didn't mention in that, though? Trey Lance. Trey Lance has gotten no criti- criticism from the media, and he's going to end up being a damn good quarterback in this league because he is in a phenomenal spot. He's got a solid starter in front of him. They don't have to rush him. He gets to sit back and learn the offense, and he gets a couple tastes here and there where they set him up for success and like the goal line play. Last game, he had one play in that game, ran it in for a touchdown. Catered to his skill sets. You're fast. We need one yard. Pick it up. I can do that. That's easy. Right up his alley. They're setting up for success. 
There's no quarterback controversy either. Like in Chicago, all the training camp, oh, is he going to be Andy Dalton? Is it going to be Justin Fields? Is quarterback controversy? When there's two quarterbacks, there's no quarterbacks. Right now in, in practice, it's they know it's, Sean, Sean McVay, or not Sean McVay, um, Kyle Shanahan came out. He's like, hey, we're, Jimmy's playing well. There's no quarterback controversy. He's our starter. I'm not going to throw Trey Lance in when he's not ready. So he gets a chance to watch the offense, learn, to truly master it before he gets thrown out there. He's got weapons over there. A solid roster. That's a good foundation. Out of all of these quarterbacks, he's in the best spot. And I don't even think he's the most talented. I truly believe Justin Fields is the most talented quarterback out of that draft class. Trey Lance is going to be the one that succeeds. He's going to be the one that succeeds. Like Trevor Lawrence, too. Another guy. They're calling him. And I actually don't hold all these turnovers against him either. Like, does he have to protect the ball a little better? But there's flashes there. There is definitely flashes. This is not his fault. There's only so much you can do as a quarterback. Like, let me tell you. You can draw your damnedest, and there's only so much you can do. You need guys that can catch the ball and get open. You need guys that can block in front of you. When you get the ball and you all of a sudden got three guys in your face, it's like, it's tough sledding. Like, I don't know what you want them to do. So, cut them some slack. It is hard to be a quarterback in the NFL, uh, and I'm not ready to call anyone a bust just yet. Um, yeah? Some interesting stuff. Uh, you know, and there was a new book that was released this week detailing the you know the drama between Tom Brady and Bill Belichick before their departure and I think there's a couple things this is the biggest one I got out of this and you know in the Brady Belichick relationship a lot of it's like who's winning it's like who won the divorce and that's natural you're gonna do that even with like couple you see like how they're doing like you know don't don't tell me you don't like check your exes like Instagram or whatever see afterwards like Especially if they get a new boyfriend. You're like, hmm, is this guy better than me? Is she better off right now? You, you, you always look. It's it's natural. Man, but like I, I don't understand why we can't appreciate the fact that they were just great like together. Like, you know, it looks like Brady's winning this divorce here, but he's in like a very good situation. Like, he handpicked that situation. <laughs> Belichick is like, you know, he's still stuck with the same shoddy roster. Now I will say this though, this is where Belichick is at fault. And when I found this out after reading this little nugget, I haven't bought the book yet. I, I might. Uh, but they were talking about this out of the interesting details, like the juicy details in the book. This is something, if you run a company or whatever, or you're the head of an organization, you have to show your employees some respect, especially if they put in a long, a lot of good hours that have been critical to your success. Like, otherwise, you're just, like, taking all the credit. You're just a, you're just a douche, okay? Like, take it from me, as like, is someone that's a, a president of fraternity, like, you know, you gotta, like, you know, you gotta get credit where credit's due, because you can't do it all by yourself. You can't. And when I found out that Brady, after going to Tampa, which, by the way, he wanted to stay till he was 47, and Belichick wanted to move off him. He's like, he's getting too old, we're moving off of him. Fine. Business decision, you can understand. But Brady wanted to, like, you know, kind of say their final goodbyes, like, meet him in person, and Bel- they, they called him, and Belichick was unavailable. So they had their they had their breakup over the phone, which is a big no no in my opinion, especially for a guy that helped you win six Super Bowl rings and is considered one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. Like Bel- Bill Belichick is not as thick skulled to think like he couldn't have won- like he couldn't have won all of those without Tom Brady. How many Super Bowls did he win before Tom Brady? How many has he won since Tom Brady? So like you at least owe him the decency to meet him face to face, shake his hand, and be like, "Thank you for all you did here." You can't break up like breaking up over the phone, punk. Same with like a regular relationship, like the break. That's like the breakup over text. That's just a middle finger. 
to Tom Brady. And I think he's going to be coming out with a vengeance, and I think he has a legitimate gripe. Because they were lining up his replacement with Jimmy Garoppolo, which he didn't like, and he tried basically shipped him out of town. Bell Belichick was trying to get rid of him. They still function. He still won them Super Bowls and was winning them games and trying his hardest to win games. Like he put in his time. It's okay. He's old. He wants to go retire down in Tampa. That's what a lot of people do. He go retire down in Florida. So I don't understand. Like, that irked me when I found that out because like, Bill Belichick's a smart guy. He knows better. I would think. Did I have the decency to meet him face-to-face, shake his hand, like, thank you for all you did? Over the phone, and when Tom Brady tried to, like, call, he wasn't available. That is bullshit. Tom has a legit gripe. And Tom's not the easiest guy to get along with. Like, there's a lot of things he does. Like, not shaking Nick Foles' hands after winning the Super Bowl. Like, that's that's some BS, too, here. But, like, come on. From a professional level as a coach, you got to be better. And that's why a lot of players yeah, have a lot of legitimate gripe. Like, they don't like playing in New England. That's not a player's coach. They win games, so winning usually overlooks that. But you got to be better. Just in like you owe you owe the decency to, to you know, you look in their eye, you shake their hand. If the employee, doesn't matter. Friend, you're moving on. Like, yeah. Break up after a long relationship. Got to be first. Just decency. Decency. All right, what do you say? With that, it's getting about that time. Who wants to win some free money? It's free money. For this week, we're off to a pretty good start here, folks. We are four and six. Uh, and week one, I was very close to being three and zero. The Kansas City Chiefs had it in the second half of that game. They let it slip away. It is what it is. And last week, uh, the last week was a tough one. Like I mentioned, at the top there's a lot of tough lines, but the one I was the most confident in was the uh, Chargers plus six. They hit that, and uh, they won the game, too, which even exceeded my expectations. I figured they'd lose in a close one, but they won the game. So a little added bonus there with them. Uh, the Eagles did exactly what I thought the Eagles would do. I knew that week one game was just a, that was, that was a charade. Like, that, it was like, they're not a good team. And, and Jalen Hurts is not the answer. He can't blow the ball downfield. Uh, they don't have a ton of weapons there. The coaching staff isn't great. So that's why when people were criticizing Carson Wentz for playing poorly, like, Look at the support system there. Like, do you see? Do you think Jalen Hurts is doing any better? He's not. So that one went well. Also, let's try and go for a big three. You know, this week I'm pretty confident. There's two of these games I really like in particular. I mean, I like all three of them, and I can't say that for every week. Uh, the Bucks last week was the one that let me down against the Rams on the road. The Rams are legit. They proved they were legit. So you know, it is what it is. But let's get into it. This week's free money picks. Uh, first. Take the Browns over the Vikings, favored by two points, uh, the uh, Browns are. And look, this comes down to, and the Vikings offense is kind of humming. They came off a good win against uh, the Seahawks. But Cleveland is an extremely balanced team. Offensively, defensively, I think both sides of the ball, this is the most talented roster in the NFL. Uh, It ranks 8th in points scored and 8th in points allowed. The top 10 in both. Uh, along with Buffalo, they are the only one of two NFL teams in the top 10 in both scoring defenses, or scoring offenses, and scoring defenses. So, it's a good, long way of saying it's a good roster. Meanwhile, the Vikings, they rank 27th in total defense. Uh, and, by the way, the league's best rushing attack is about to come marching into town. The, the, the Vikings' defense sucks. They give up way too many chunk plays. And then the secondary is old. Patrick Peterson looks washed out there. And then you got Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. (laughs) Good luck. Cleveland ranks first in rushing touchdowns with eight. They're second in rushing yards. 
They're fourth in yards per carry. And the duo, based off of like projections and stuff, they're projected to combine for 160 yards from scrimmage. So, uh, yeah, I, I think they're going to run rough shot all over the Vikings. And, you know, Justin, meanwhile, Baker Mayfield, he got the target back in Baker. He got a target back in Odell Beckham. The two looked very in sync. That's the healthiest I think we've seen Odell in a while. He played very well. A lot of different offense or a lot of different options. And like I said, that Vikings secondary is weak, so Baker can push the ball downfield. I think he's going to be comfortable, especially with the running game. Meanwhile, the defensive side. Now, Kirk Cousins has been really good. He's been really good these past couple weeks. No one wants to touch him because he's not vaccinated, so he's had a clean pocket. But uh, if you watch that Bears game, Cleveland can get to the quarterback. They sacked Justin Fields. Nine times. Uh, so that's that's a lot. I, I think Miles Garrett and you know Miles Garrett and company they they can get after they can get after the quarterback. They will make uh, Kirk Cousins uncomfortable. So I got the Browns over the Vikings minus two. Next we got the Broncos over the Ravens minus one and a half. And now. Baltimore's kind of coming off a scare against Detroit. Uh, they should have lost that game, to be completely honest. They it took a the longest field goal in NFL history and a fortuitous uh, hop to win them that game. And oh, by the way, before that, there was a delay of game penalty that should have pushed them out of field goal range that was not called. But like objectively speaking, it was it was the Lions got screwed. It was such a Lions way to lose. So. Coming off a dud against the uh, Lions the week before, they did beat the Chiefs, but their defense got torched. And then week one was a, it, they also got torched against the Raiders. So they they've shown that defense is vulnerable. It's not a very good pass defense. They're coming into Denver. Mile High is a tough place to play, uh, and you're playing a really red hot Broncos team now. I know they've beaten three teams. They're undefeated right now. They've beaten three teams with a combined record of zero and three. But I'm just going to look at it as you are, they're playing the schedule they were dealt, and they are taking care of business, and they look damn good doing it. Teddy Bridgewater, no world beater, but he's looking. Teddy Two Gloves is playing some good football. Last week he had 235 yards, a 104 rating for the season, four total touchdowns, 76.8% completion percentage. That is very good. Not many balls are hitting the ground. 116.4 quarterback rating, also very good. He's spreading the ball around too. There's a lot of the. Denver Broncos can beat you multiple different ways. Cortland Sutton last week, five targets, five receptions. Tim Patrick, five targets, also five receptions. He had 98 yards too. The rushing offense, 121 yards. Uh, Melvin Gordon and Williams, they're, they're a nice little duo there they got. I, I, and Teddy Bridgewater takes care of the football. He doesn't turn the ball over, so you're not going to be gifted turnovers. So they're efficient on offense, which I like. Uh and then defensively, like I said, the Ravens, they got torched by the Chiefs. They allowed 270 yards and a 93.3 pass rating to Jared Goff. So Jared Goff is moving the ball semi-efficiently against you. He got some problems. The, uh, meanwhile, also, <coughs> their big thing is they can run the ball, Lamar Jackson. But the Broncos' rush defense is also very – they're good. They only allowed 43 yards last week and 3.3 yards per carry. So they've shown they're more than capable – of controlling the run and as far as Lamar Jackson goes the Ravens O-line they allowed four sacks and five QB hits last week to the Lions so Bradley Chubb and Von Miller they're gonna feast last week they had five sacks nine quarterback hits and they, they the pass defense is the best in the NFL they had two interceptions last week they're allowing a 57.8 quarterback rating which is the best in the NFL they're only giving up 162.3 yards per game over the air so you combine all these factors being at home Good pass defense, 
the ability to get after the quarterback, and I'll minimize Lamar Jackson, and then, oh, yeah, meanwhile, the defense, not great. The Ravens' defense has a lot of questions why I do not think they are a legit Super Bowl contender because the defense has shown time and time again they can get torched. And it's not like Teddy Bridgewater is just checking stuff down either. Like, the distance per pass, he has the, the highest average in the NFL as far as, like, hang time in the air. He's throwing the ball downfield. He's pushing it. Now they're playing some garbage teams, but it's not like the Ravens' defense, like I said. They're now no world beater. So, minus one and a half at home, absolutely. I'm taking the Broncos. I think they remain undefeated. Finally, and we hinted at it a little bit earlier, we got a big reunion game in uh, up in Foxborough. Antonio Brown versus Bill Belichick. Now nah, I'm just kidding. Rob Gronkowski versus Bill Belichick revenge game. Now nah, I'm just kidding, of course. The real storyline is Tom Brady facing his former coach in Bill Belichick. Uh, but <coughs> he's not the only one with a vendetta up there. Gronk, he got traded from the Patriots. And Bill Belichick was the one that signed off on it, traded him to Detroit. So you think he's happy? I don't think so. Antonio Brown, well, that, there's a legitimate reason he got cut. He shouldn't have been doing what he did. He's a scumbag. But that doesn't matter. Antonio Brown just pissed at the world. This is a very big revenge game. So there's motivation coming into Foxborough against Bill Belichick. Tom Brady especially because he wants to stick it to his former coach. He, he didn't say goodbye to him. Uh, he wanted to move off of him multiple times. So he's trying to show I was the reason this team was winning. And he's playing some great football right now. On the season, 10 touchdowns, 2 interceptions, 109.3 quarterback rating. Last week against a very good Rams defense, 432 yards, 103 rating against a good Rams defense. So he, he's been able to move the ball downfield. They have a lot of weapons. He practiced against Bill Belichick teams for 20 years. He knows their scheme. Like, he knows what they're trying to do. He's a smart guy. He watches a lot of film. So I don't think there's too much stuff that Belichick's going to throw at him that's going to fool him, which is usually how they win games because he just outcoaches people. That, that's not the case here. Like, you saw Jameis Winston put up some numbers against this Patriots defense. <clears throat> it's not the same Patriots defense it once was. So, you factor that in with the greatest quarterback of all time, who knows the coach, knows what they're going to try and do, and they don't have the guns to match up. Mike Williams had a great game last week. Antonio Brown, another weapon. Rob Gronkowski scored a touchdown last week. Running game with Leonard Fournette. Like, there's too many. I forgot to mention Chris Godwin. Way too many horses. Mac Jones is going to be able to run the ball against the Dominican Sioux Vita Vea in that front. I, I smell a blowout in this one, and I think they are going to try and run up the score. I think Brady really wants to stick it to him. So that's why six and a half, it's a lot, especially for a road team against a Bill Belichick coach team. But the fact that they're just such a better roster that and they have motivation with Tom Brady, a guy who knows that system so well, I think that one's a layup. I think it's going to be a blowout. Uh, so those are the three. So to recap, we got the Browns over the Vikings, minus two. Broncos over the Ravens, minus one and a half. And the Bucks over the Patriots, minus six and a half. Three games for you, all three favorites, no dogs this week. I like to try and find dogs. That's usually what Vegas goes with, but you know what? You do what the lines tell you. It's worked for me thus far, uh, and that's where we're leaning this week. So good luck to you this weekend. Uh, that's all we have for you. Make sure you check out the podcast. You can listen uh, on Spotify. You can listen uh, for going at Dorm Room Dispute, or you can follow us on Twitter, also at Dorm Room Dispute. Uh, if you go to dormroomspeed.com, you'll pick up our website. Hey, you know you can link all of our former podcasts. Listen to one last night. It was very good. Highly recommended. Uh, and, yeah, well, our free money pick should be posted a little bit later. But thank you so much for tuning in. 
Enjoy your football Sunday. Thank you.